Today is Tuesday, June 20th, 2023. I'm Adam Hartog. Sitting next to me, as always, is my esteemed and handsome co-host, Tom Frey. And this is episode 9 of The Breakdown, powered by 528 Collectibles. We have a pretty fun and packed show today. We're recording on a Tuesday, as opposed to our usual Monday slot, because Tom and I were in Nashville for our friend Steve's bachelor party. It was a lot of fun. We'll talk about it a little bit in housekeeping, but on today's show we have housekeeping, which will include the Nashville trip, NBA finals, some Jokic stuff. Uh, we'll talk about the Beal trade a little bit. Tom and I will go into our one big thing. Then we'll, uh, for the meet, we're talking about the NBA draft tonight. Uh, we'll do awards and trivia. Uh, it's going to be a fun show. Let's go. Okay, recording this just after 8 p.m. on Tuesday. Tom and I got back from Nashville yesterday from Steve's bachelor party. How was the trip for you? The trip was good. Uh, just going to get this out of the way now. My voice sounds terrible. I'm sorry for all of you that have to listen to it. I got made fun of all day at work today by my boss. First thing that I he said to me was, your voice is shot. Um, so that wasn't great. It's It at least doesn't hurt me to speak anymore, which is progress. I'm just going to try to voice crack as little as possible. And <laughs> yeah, trip was a lot of fun, though. Um, Nashville's super cool. Nashville is super cool. The, the fact that the bars are multi-floored and they alternate live music and DJs on every floor is such a different vibe that it makes for a really fun experience. Yeah, it's better than the whole being trapped in a New York City basement feel that we usually get. So I agree, where you're just getting pushed every direction. Yeah, where you're a sardine pretty much, just getting battered around all night. <laughs> I would, yeah, so Nashville was cool. Definitely would go back again. Hopefully not with the same flight experience. Definitely not. I've had horrible flight experiences like almost every time I've flown lately. Flight home was good, but flight there was just a total nightmare. My flight home was at 6 a.m. on uh, on Monday. So I was at the airport. I fell asleep in the Uber to the airport, which got to the airport at like 5. I fell asleep in at the gate in the terminal. I probably looked like the typical dude flying back from a bachelor party the, like way too early in the morning. And I had like one maybe one and a half drinks the like the night before so it wasn't like i was just wildly hungover. i was just exhausted i accidentally fell asleep i meant to just stay up through my flight but everyone else went to sleep at like two the night before and i was just up i expected to have at least two or three people that i could just force to stay up with me until i had to leave the prior two nights of us staying out till 5 a.m i think was just it was too much to overcome on our last night the 2 a i'm shocked we even made it to 2 a.m Honestly, but it was, it was a struggle as you can all hear. But, um, yeah, the, my flight home was with, uh, our dear friends, Perry and Connor, and we were just stuffing our face with chick flags. Like, <laughs> I know Connor will never listen to this, but the amount that that kid, Connor eats, listens, he does. The first thing he said to me when I saw him was like about the podcast. Okay. Well, said it's gotten better every episode. Guys, the, shout out uh, Connor. Guy's a heathen. dude. <laughs> he had three Chick-fil-A sandwiches still starving goes and gets snacks still hungry what, what snacks candy or like, like pretzels chips. pretzels right, then snack respect then they got me into the the fancy lounge i think the Lounge. yeah they yeah. had the card i didn't have the card they got me in there then they had penne vodka and this is all before 11 a.m they, they had a <laughs> plate of penne vodka and a pastry dish yeah, like of, of muffins stuff. 
the, the pastries were delicious and yeah. an apple turnover mm. this is all this is all within the span of two hours for 11 a.m we land He's starving. <laughs> I'm still stuffed from my Chick-fil-A. He's starving. Guy's an athlete. Guy's got the fastest metabolism in the entire world. Um, so other things that happened since we last recorded, the Nuggets won the NBA Finals in a gentleman's sweep. Jokic won the Finals MVP. I don't know if you have anything to say about this series. Before we I called it. Be, we did call it. We knew that it was going to happen. We, The Heat just ran out of gas, and the Nuggets were... We're better than everyone was giving them credit for, and all the talk of them having an easy road. Like, who did they avoid? The Warriors? That's, like, about it. I mean, the Lakers were better than the Warriors, and they handled the Lakers. That probably shouldn't have even gone as long as it did that series. I think Steph gives them trouble. I think Steph gives the Nuggets trouble. You missed my should-have-been-shorter-than-a-sweep joke. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Was too focused on the actual discussion you know when you get something in your head and you don't want to forget it so you don't listen to anything anyone else says yeah that's me pretty much hourly yeah so that's what happened there but i think steph gives the nuggets issues if i remember correctly so like that's who the only team they really avoided otherwise their run was their run they beat all the good teams and deservedly so at no point in the playoffs did anybody else look like the best team in the league no that's very well put Maybe like the Heat one game, yeah, where I they mean, were just a force. But it's just one like game against the Bucks, maybe with yeah. Jimmy scoring almost sixty. Yeah, exactly. But otherwise, the Nuggets were the best team in the league for pretty much the entire season. Subtract fifteen games there at the end when it didn't matter and they stopped trying. But yeah, the Nuggets were the best team and they and they won. So I was doing a thought exercise today, stemming from this. I was trying to figure out where Jokic currently stands in the all-time rankings and i will tell you my top my, my list of where i where i've gotten to and where he ends up and i will give you some commentary along the way so i start off one and two is mj and lebron and under no circumstances am i willing to to change the two people in the top two or the order okay third i have kareem fourth i have kobe fifth i have bill russell I then have Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and either way... In that order? In that order, and to be honest, either way, I don't feel good about it. I don't feel great about it. If I have Magic over Larry Bird, I also won't feel great about it. I don't feel great about it having Larry and Magic. This is really where I start to get into things can be flipped territory. They're so intertwined, even just historically, and based on their impact on the NBA, and even the peaks of their careers... It's hard to put one over the other. It's just a matter of almost preference of play style. And I'm sure Lakers fans have Magic higher and Celtics fans have Bird higher, but we don't really have a horse in that race. So it's... I probably have Magic higher, but it's it's barely. They're both right there. It, they're Yeah, it's... Again, it's just basically preference i think the book of basketball swung me quite a bit too simmons is obviously a big celtics fan. yeah so that's you're getting your your biased news there it's gonna influence your opinion it's yeah i but totally agree you can go either way with that i don't think there's a like anyone who gets upset at you linking those two together has never played never watched basketball pretty much 
I mean, to be honest, I'm a little upset at how I did it, but I would be upset at myself if I did it the other way. That's kind of where I landed. Like, I'm not concrete. I'm not I, concrete on this opinion, and I could flip it. I could wake up tomorrow night and be like, that was the dumbest thing I ever said. Flip it, do the same thing the next day. I more so mean anyone who would put one much higher than the other. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I get yeah. that. You could, I think either way, one being one higher or the other being higher is... I think you're fine either way. So then I have eight and nine. I have Tim Duncan and Shaq. Okay. I feel just as conflicted with those two, but... I don't know. I just Tim Duncan won a title in the '90s and 2014. He did like, and he was a key player on all of those teams. He was basically guaranteed 50 wins his entire career. I feel like the longevity, the longevity is kind of what gave him the tip in that direction. And over Shaq, the day I think so. Yeah, I mean people okay, have yeah, said uh, Shaq's Shaq. the most unguardable player in history when he was like at his peak Shaq's the most Shaq's the most dominant player of all time at his peak I, I don't even I don't really even know anyone that argues it he was just so physically imposing you literally teams were building their entire putting extra big men on their rosters just so they could get some extra fouls on him that like that level of sheer dominance warrants him that that spot in the top 10 plus he did a lot of winning but Tim Duncan is the greatest power forward of all time the big fundamental five cha- five time champion yeah and so good defensively for such a long time so impactful so efficient and such an unselfish player it's i mean it's a crazy thought exercise if he ended up there was a time where he very nearly went to the magic and would have been paired up with T-Mac and that would have been pretty crazy. And imagine how different, like, his, the history of the NBA would have been. But not to get down that rabbit hole. Point being is, again, they're a little interchangeable. But I, I would go with the same thing that you did. Then to close out the top ten, I have Kevin Durant. Oh. Okay. I don't disagree. I just didn't see it coming. I had Steph 11. Okay. That was probably who I would have had 10. I really, it just, it does not sit right with me that I have Steph outside of the top 10. But at the same time, I I can't not have KD in there. I comfortably have Steph over KD in at the 10. I haven't, I didn't make a list like you did, so I, I'm not, I don't have anything to reference. But I, I do, I do comfortably have Steph over KD all time. Beyond just his, the fact that he's won more, and he did win, what one or two without KD? Two. Two. Yeah, and he and it didn't matter to me because I think he should have won the Finals MVP over Iguodala, but he got his Finals MVP. He was unanimous MVP. But beyond all of that, he the way he influenced the game and changed the NBA forever with his three point shooting is it does matter for his all-time legacy, I think. Kind of how Bird and Magics, the way they saved the NBA... Sorry, not Magics. I don't want people thinking I think his name is Magics. Bird and Magics' impact on the NBA, I think, will always propel them higher than some others who are comparable to them. Like Shaq and Duncan, I don't think anyone who would argue them over those two is necessarily wrong because it's very 
in terms of talent and in terms of careers, but in terms of impact on the NBA, Bird and Magic saved it, saved the entire league. So they, their spot's pretty entrenched. And for me, the way Steph changed the NBA forever, that puts him over KD. There is... The more I'm saying it, there is the argument that KD's height and his ability to be that big of a wing and play like a guard has led to all of these, the Victor Wembanyamas and even like the Kristaps Porzingis and the Markinins And it definitely was impactful, but it's still... I, and also... Guys like MPJ. Yeah, and also though his flip-flopping around hurts... Legacy wise, which is what this is, is basically just ranking legacies. How much does it hurt legacy wise, though? Because hurts for me. Okay. It it impacts my view of his legacy. Him, it's honestly, it's not him flip flopping. It's it was it's him going to the Warriors after they beat him. It's very weak move, but it, it's such. He was the best player on. Those he teams. was. He was, but they had just won without him. Now they lost. Sorry, they had just beaten him and yeah. made it to the finals without him. It's there's no comparable there's nothing like it. It's like if LeBron left the Cavs and went to the Celtics. Yeah. Imagine that that's exactly what it is with their big 3 and slash 4 at that time. It's that is exactly that. It, LeBron would have borderline never recovered from that or Ray Allen leaving the Celtics for the Heat. Not the same thing. Ray wasn't the same caliber of player at that point in his career. No, I mean, you're saying as KD, obviously Yeah, not. yeah, yeah. At no point was he ever the same caliber as KD. No, but he, he was, yes, but he was a much higher caliber player at a point in his career than he was then. Yeah. He was role player yeah. status at that time. With Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah with Milwaukee and, and Seattle and even early on with the Celtics. When he left, he was older, and it's it's just different. Right. For me, it just impacts his legacy, moral of the story. Yeah. Well, I mean, I really don't have – don't feel good not, not having Steph in the top ten. I just couldn't personally – I just had KD higher. But 11, I have – sorry, 12, I have Hakeem. And then I have Jokic, 13. Okay. I don't... After that, you got guys like Jerry West, Oscar Robertson, but like – Okay. Maybe I'm underestimating them. I don't really... It's hard when you go that far back. Yeah. It's hard to compare across eras like that. I mean, Jerry West won a finals MVP when his team lost. If we're talking impact on the NBA, he is still the logo. And But again, it's just you're going so far back, it's it's hard. Because where, where do you put Giannis? Right after those two? I know, that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. It's like, do I have Giannis or Jokic higher? I think I have Jokic. I don't know. It's tough, yeah. But I, I don't... I think, I think he can get... I think you can put him as high as 13. I agree. And that's crazy. Uh, honestly, the Giannis-Jokic discussion is very interesting. Yeah, it's going to be the player of this era, basically. Like, who was the guy after LeBron? I think right now... Pretty even. I'd put them pretty even, and it's going forward now, because now they both have their MVP, or Jokic has two, but Giannis has... Oh, they both have two. Yeah, they both have two. But Giannis has his defensive player of the year. That's true. Jokic should have a third MVP. That's also true. So it's... 
I think they're right right neck and neck. I just I think they're so close. I think you can pick either right now. And I think like if Giannis wins the championship next year, that's probably then it's him. Yeah. I hope we or get, if he I wins get, MVP finals between them. That would point. be amazing. That would be the Kobe LeBron finals that we never got. Yeah. I mean it wouldn't be that, but it would be similar. The Kobe LeBron finals was, you know, that would have been That's two top five yeah, players yeah. of all time. But this is two top fifteen players is, of all time. If they're playing in a finals, then it's probably yeah. Yeah. It's, it's right now top fifteen. Yeah, it could, could be, be top ten. Could could be top if Jan if be, they could be twelve and thirteen. What if they both win let's theoretically. They alternate the next four MVPs. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm, I was picturing this next year. Oh no, I'm talking <laughs> I'm talking if they if going in the future. I mean, yeah, if they both if they both have four MVPs and that puts them in like th- four players of all time territory, including them, maybe five. Yeah, yeah. Jor- LeBron has four. Jordan has five. MVPs. Yeah, I think that's right. And LeBron Kareem LeBron should have a lot. LeBron should have more. Yeah, but LeBron probably should have won at least the year Rose won. As much as I love Derrick Rose, that was 100% recency bias. <sighs> that was LeBron fatigue. Yeah, that's and what I'm this and this uh, year not being, recency bias. I meant LeBron fatigue. This year was probably a bit of Jokic fatigue. That stuff's so slash real. Embiid unfatigue. Embiid slash it was Embiid's turn. Yeah, it was narrative. It was Jokic fatigue. It was Jokic stop trying for those 15 games, however many games, but. It's interesting. It'll be... I think you're right. I think it's... I think Embiid is a clear third, if not lower, behind Jokic and Giannis. I think it's... I think they're top two. And then I would put Jokic and... Sorry, not Jokic. Embiid and probably like KD and Steph, you know, in a, in another tier. I agree. Okay. Well, I'm glad you agree. Uh, other NBA housekeeping, the Beal trade. So the Suns received in this trade Bradley Beal, Jordan Goodwin, and Isaiah Todd. I don't know who Jordan Goodwin is. Um, the Wizards got... Honestly, I also don't know who Jordan Goodwin is. <laughs> Apologies, and I, if he's a listener. No, I, I, that is... I, if you haven't figured it out by listening, I know almost pretty much every player in the NBA. Yeah. Like, give or take a couple. I... Don't really know why. I can't remember anything else. But when it comes to stuff like that, I know it. <laughs> but Jordan Goodwin, second. Oh, he played two games his rookie year, and he actually played a lot this year for the Wizards. But I mean, who's watching the Wizards? I did more than you'd think, but I could have thought he was someone else. I don't know. Um, All right, good. Sorry, Jordan Goodwin. The Wizards received Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, multiple second-round picks, and multiple pick swaps. I'm not sure. If it was announced which ones they were, but I, when I looked up the details of the trade earlier today to see if it was ironed out, the articles still said multiple. So not sure what that exactly that will turn into, but um, Beal has three years left on his deal with an average annual value of $50 million, and he's a player option for the fourth year at $57 million. He turns 30 next week. He played every single game in 2018-19, but he's only played in 207 games in the four seasons since then. 
The furthest the Wizards made with Beal is Game 7 of the Conference Semifinals in 2017. I think that was the game that Olenek went bonkers. Uh, that sounds right. Um, he had a usage rate of 29 this season, and I expect Chris Paul to be traded or cut. I think a lot of people do, including Chris Paul, <laughs> his agent, yeah. the Wizards, and everyone affiliated with the National Basketball Association league-wide. Yeah, I'd... And Kai. Although, all, all... Yes, and Kai. Oh, he's, he's sleeping very cute right now. I hope <laughs> you guys can see that. But um, I also thought Chris Paul would be traded from the Thunder that one year, and he led them to the playoffs. That's so true. That was pretty crazy. But I, I, I don't think... I don't think he stays. No. He's too old now. Yeah, he doesn't have years to burn. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I don't know where he goes. He could pretty much go to any contender that needs a point guard. The Heat would be an interesting one. Boston. I Yeah, Boston. I even saw the Knicks on one report today, but the Knicks have been linked to every player in recorded history. <laughs> um, Is I, Chris Paul a CAA guy or wherever Neon Leon came from? I feel like he's a clutch guy, right? Calling him Neon Leon is really funny. Thank you. I just wanted you to know that. <laughs> I hope I, it catches on. <laughs> uh, me too, but um, I think he might have been CAA. I feel like everyone was CAA for back a, in the a, day for yeah. a long time there. But I don't, I'm not sure if he was a neon Leon guy. I have no idea if Beal is going to be a good fit on this team. Guy has never been the second option really in the last since John Wall was at his peak. Well, now he's the third. Yeah. What is he just going to stand in the corner? No, they're gonna have to stagger their minutes like they did with the with the Nets, cause they're redundant now. It, I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean it in the same way that Kyrie and Harden were redundant. It's just if you need the ball in your hands to score, and you have two guys plus Kevin Durant, it's too much, too many mouths to feed. But if you take Beal and stagger his minutes, and then in crunch time, they basically just take turns or take whatever matchup. I think it'll be... It's going to be really hard to guard all three of them. It creates more matchup problems than I think it does issues within the team, especially because of how good of shooters all three of them are. Beal's not as great a shooter as he used to be. Yeah, but he's also had to take a lot of bad shots. Yeah. With that said... It sounds like I love the trade. I really don't. I don't think he was necessary. I didn't think Harden was necessary for the Nets. But that was because the Nets had all these role players around them that I thought fit perfectly. The Suns didn't give all of that up. Do you, do you or I should say, would you like the Beal trade more if they didn't do the Kevin Durant trade? They still had Bridges and a boatload of first-round picks. Theoretically, if you had a Beal, Booker, McCall Bridges, Cam Johnson, Aiton lineup, it's a really, really good, really deep lineup. But now it's Beal, Booker, KD, maybe Aiton if they keep him, and Campaign, who's a good backup. They're gonna need more. They're gonna need more depth. They're gonna need a lot more depth. And you're ha- you're essentially committing your future in the next four years to this trio. You're not going to move the Beal contract again. No, and he's the only guy in the league with a no trade clause. How crazy is that? Yeah, that's like the Deshaun they just don't Watson give it contract. They but... just don't give it anymore. 
not. They just don't give full no trade clauses anymore. They have some guys with partial no trades, I think. Well, like, or like a no, yeah, like, like a no trade list, list. Yeah. yeah, it's something like stuff like that. But it's um, yeah, no, he's the only one with a full no trade clause. But also, who's trading for him? Nobody now. I yeah, don't think. I don't think anyone would have traded. I don't think anyone was trading for him anyway, because you'd be getting him. Assume they're not going to move him at the deadline, right? No. So you'd be getting him after next year when he's a year older and still getting paid for three more years or what? Two, two more, more years after this, but he's going to pick yeah. up his options for sixty million. Yeah. You want to move on to one big thing? Sure. Cool. You want to go first? Yeah, I will go first. My one big thing is the U.S. men's national team just won the CONCACAF Nations League tournament. Oh, I forgot to give you your champions of CONCACAF oh, yes. handshake. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> you as well. Many happy returns. Soon to be, hopefully, Gold Cup champions as well. But Nations League is obvi- is not obviously, because most of you don't know. Nations League is way more important than the Gold Cup. They had their full A lineup minus Tyler Adams and Tim Ream. It was the best showing across two games I've maybe ever seen us play. It was the debut of Balogun. He scored. Pulisic looked amazing. Gio Reyna looked great. It was an all-around performance. And it cemented the U.S. as the best team in CONCACAF. They'd already pretty much been there. Canada was kind of knocking at the door. And Mexico, I think both teams had done better than the U.S. in qualifying for the World Cup. So, but we just dominated them in the semifinal and the final. And it wasn't even close. And the worst part of it is, it was with a second interim coach. Yeah. And we just brought back the guy who didn't make, who, I wouldn't say cost us the World Cup, but he certainly didn't do us any favors in the World Cup. No, and caused the, uh, left a huge cloud of turmoil in his wake. Yeah. Uh, alienated, arguably, his best player, could be, his, not right now, but could be his best player the going forward. Boy. Yeah. He. Could be had domestic violence accusations that he pretty much confirmed they were he did confirm yeah he did conf- and they still chose to bring him back it's an ugly situation and I, I they brought in an outside guy to head u.s soccer and they still in his search concluded he was the best option when they had interest from coaches who'd had success in europe like Patrick, I mean, not a ton of success, but Patrick Vieira is a very accomplished player and a pretty accomplished coach. I mean, they didn't, they were, the rumors were they were talking to some pretty big fish. So now is that all just posturing? Was that all just to appease the fan base? Maybe. It's, it's frustrating, but it'll be interesting to see where they go going forward. We're just so much better that we need to be consistently playing against the top competition in the world. We're Georgia in the SEC East. Yeah. It's, you're not testing yours, or uh, what is it, uh, Gonzaga. Yeah. Yeah. The, the WAC, is that what they're playing? The West Coast Conference? Yeah, something, yeah, something like that. I don't know what the, the, the slang, what the kids are calling it, <laughs> but. <laughs> but um, you don't know the Riz. Yeah, I don't have the Riz for all that, but. <laughs> um, That's Perry's shout out he's been clamoring for. I was gonna get into Perry's double bananas a little bit, but I—that's <laughs> for—I'll save that for another time. That's for the Christmas special. Yeah, that's for—that's <laughs> not for right now. Um, but yeah, it's—we are at the point now where it's the U.S. men's national team needs to be considered as not the world's elite, but knocking on the door. The world's very good. The world's very good. Where? What is the future of the MMA midfield? Because 
the trio they threw out for the final was kind of running the show. It honestly, it all depends on form. Gio looked so good. Yeah. I, I'd like to see where his next move is. I'd like to see McKenny's next move. Adams' recovery from injury, where he goes if he's still getting as many minutes. Musa's continued development because he's only 20. Musa's undroppable. I, I agree. There's been some of that debate I've seen on Twitter. I don't think... I don't think you can take Moose out of the lineup because you you can't even most people if you're not like watching closely can't even tell how impactful he is. You know what I mean? Cuz he's not a flashy player necessarily. He's just moving the ball upfield and being all over the all over the field. And it's his ability to turn and run upfield, same with Geo's is so valuable and Adams is inability with when it comes to that is really glaring at times it it could come down to matchup it could come down to form it's i mean if musa goes to a new club and doesn't play for a year like a certain like we don't have any depth behind serginio dest except scally but they're just such different players that dest's attacking ability gets him the spot it's it's like matt turner hasn't played for arsenal much but he's just better for the team so he gets to play i'd like to see some slanina this summer me too with the gold cup i i I don't know if they're gonna give it to him i think they should but i don't know if they will um the gold cup they actually i was looking at the roster today they brought in more unknowns not just more guys that aren't conventional usa players like there's there's less Walker Zimmermans and Jesus Ferreras, less MLS guys that have been around forever than I thought there would be, which is exciting. There's yeah. a few guys like like the Gagat Sloninas and a few of the younger, like U20, U22 kind of guys that are in there that I'm excited for. <clears throat> Bad voice crack. There <laughs> it is. First one. I have been talking for a while. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, it's, Clip that. It's, it's all about building depth at this point. It's going to be rare that we're going to have all four of them healthy – at the same time and all in form. So form could come into play, matchup could come into play. I don't think it'll be a set three lineup as it has been. I, I don't think the MMA midfield is locked in the way it has been. I think Geo just shouldn't play out wide. His talents are best used centrally, clearly. Like, clearly. And the fact that Bearhalter didn't try him there more is, is malpractice. His coaching malpractice. Like, I would have been pissed off if I was him, too, if I was Gio. It's unreal that he was being used as a wing sub when he's very clearly best served in the middle. The things he was doing against Canada were unreal. He was dancing around players. He had an unbelievable assist to Balogun. He was taking all of our our corners. We had the worst corners, least threatening corners in the whole World Cup of any team that I watched. And, and, and Pulisic's just not good at him. And that's fine. He's good at a lot of other things. But we needed that. And we just didn't even... He didn't even try. He was so stuck. that Now this became a, a fuck Bearhalter speech. Which it, it is, always. I just... I cannot believe that he's back. I, I, I cannot in my bones believe that he is back. It, it, I, to my core, I am bothered. It, it, even his biggest defenders... We're like, maybe it's time for a fresh start. And there's some guys that are just, like, in love with him on Twitter, and that's fine if you're going to do that. That's cool for you, but I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, 
objectively so. speaking, it is it was it was time to move on. I, and and the whole process of bringing him back was entirely mismanaged. And the process of bringing him in in the first place was mismanaged. His brothers on the on the board. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't even a successful MLS coach. No. It it's un unfathomable. It it is borderline embarrassing. It's humiliating. What do you yeah. mean borderline embarrassing? Well, I just, well, I, you know, I like to be careful with my words sometimes. But <laughs> I don't. I, I know you don't. This is that's why it's great that my co-host is a law, a law man. Yeah. Because I can just blab out things and then you can clean up my mess. Yeah, I tried to. <laughs> but, um, yeah. On Reyna, that, that uh, assist to Balogun, the ability to um, put out a through ball that has enough pace to get past the defenders but is weighted just right so yes. that it will slow down in the path of a striker is world a world-class ability and the confidence of Balogun to point and mm-hmm. be like put this thing here I'm gonna score it's something we haven't had ever mm. Clint and Josie were real good they had the confidence but yeah the, no, the they, ceiling is yes the higher. ceiling is much higher but I I don't doing it at this age like yes, in a final yes, 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 yes. Your first for sure. Game, yes. Second game. I agree. I just we did when we were not great. We had a few guys that were really good. I just don't want it to be forgotten that those guys were really good. No, I don't. I'm I'm underselling it in my excitement yes. about the the fact that we have a striker who, by all accounts, has the potential to be one of the ten best strikers in the world. For sure. Has adjusted his nap position. While we're on <laughs> soccer, um, Chelsea seem very poised to sell Kai Havertz in the, this week, in the next few days. That stinks. His namesake. Yeah, because for those who don't know, I'm a very big fan of Chelsea Football Club. And in 2021, they won the Champions League for the second time in their history. And the winning goal was scored by a German international named Kai Havertz. And for those that don't know, the Champions League trophy has massive handles on the side. Can we drop in a picture of that? I can try. And it's called, its nickname is Old Big Ears. And Kai's a German shepherd who has old big ears. And um, so that's kind of where the name came from. So it's sad that they're going to sell him. But they're going to get a pretty nice profit for somebody who, not profit, but a nice pickup from for somebody who's not really in their future plans. Yeah, I uh... I saw that actually that they were gonna sell him. What was it? Arsenal gave yeah, them. I really don't like it. Increase their bid. Arsenal. Yeah, but I mean, Chelsea just keeps bringing guys in and yeah. kicking them out. It's the turnover is pretty unreal. Well, now a lot of people are pissed because they're just selling off bad contracts to the Saudi league, and like a lot of people want them investigating like, and, like rules change. Yeah, I mean, he's not, like, a bad contract. It's just, He was like, just the he's... only one I knew that they sold to yeah, the Saudi League. Yeah, uh, they're selling probably Ziyech. They got rid of... Uh, they're probably going to move Koulibaly. They, Men, Edward Mendy is going over. Todd Bowley, Chelsea's new owner, has connections with people in the Saudi, like, government from his time before owning Chelsea through, like, his business ventures at Clear Lake Capital and companies like that. So it's like, do me a favor. Okay, well, either way. Good for me. Yeah, good for you. It is It is good for you as a fan, yeah. and it's good for me as a fan if they sell Pulisic to, to not a Saudi league. Yeah, that would suck. <laughs> that would suck so bad. 
Uh, shall I? Do oh yeah, thing? you're up. Oh geez. We've yeah, been, we're deep in it already. I told you we're not going to be done by nine. Uh, no, we're not even close. All right. So my one big thing is that it is a checkpoint for the NBA's big three super team era. Uh, can I rant with a little verbal history? Go nuts, man. So I am essentially defining this era as beginning when the Celtics traded for Ray Allen and then shortly thereafter Kevin Garnett in the 2007 offseason and they won the title the next season LeBron and Chris Bosh joined Dwayne Wade in Miami in 2010 and the Heat won a championship two years later and repeated the season after the Lake Show acquired Steve Nash and Dwight Howard in 2012 it was an unmitigated disaster Kobe and Dwight clashed from day one Mike Brown was fired after five games he went 1-12 in, in 13 games that year, if you include the preseason. Nash was a shell of himself. He played 65 total games over two seasons in L.A. He had a player efficiency rating of 20.2 in 16 seasons before the Lakers. And it went down to 15 with the Lakers. Next up, LeBron joins Kyrie in Cleveland. And then the Cavs flipped Wiggins for Kevin Love. They won the East every single year that LeBron was on the team and obviously the championship in 2016. In 2016, that same offseason, KD joined the 73-win Warriors and they won two titles immediately in a row. KD won the finals MVP both times. KD hopped to Brooklyn with Kyrie in 2019 and they acquired James Harden via trade in 2021. This is the most famous example maybe of a disastrous three big three super team. Other than, sorry, the older Nets big three. With, like, Joe Johnson and Kevin Garnett and, and Paul Pierce? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Darren Williams and... That team probably should have been better. Probably. I mean... They were just old, but either really way. Really old, yeah. Yeah, go on. Um, Suns paired Kevin Durant with Booker and CP3 last season and now swapped CP3 out for Beal. Honorable mentions in the big three super team-ish era. And I want to... Clarify, I didn't include guys like the Spurs with Duncan, Parker, and Manu because it's more like... Homegrown, big threes don't count. Yeah, artificially acquired. Um, honorable mentions, Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday. Okay. Carmelo Anthony, Derek Rose, and Joakim Noah. <laughs> I hate that you... I hate that you brought that one up. <laughs> Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade, and Rajon Rondo in Chicago. Okay. Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, and Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota. Okay, so we're really just... We're... And Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons in Philadelphia. So... Well, I have one that you forgot. Shoot. Mello, Paul George, Russell Westbrook with Oklahoma City. You know, I almost also threw in Mello, LeBron, and Russ. Ugh, that one would just be mean. <laughs> Mello was too old at that point. That's just... I mean, not according to LeBron's tweet. Well, LeBron is just something else. I have kept that same narrative, just like he asked, that yeah. that team was going to suck. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> they were um, old, very old. But anyway, you can't pencil in the best, the team winning the title being the team with the best big three anymore. I mean, recent champions, obviously the Nuggets, the Warriors, the Bucks, the Lakers, the Raptors. Like, I know I said the Bucks as an honorable mention, but you can really argue that none of those teams had a big three at that point. Because that was the post-KD Warriors. That it, was... I would say 
there was a pretty seismic shift when the Raptors won. Yeah. And then Kawhi went to the Clippers. The sh- it was weird. It was like the second it happened, it was like, is the big three dead? Is it time for the big two? Yeah, because he partnered up with Paul George. Yeah, and it and it, but it was just weird how the narrative just changed. Just like they didn't do anything yet, and it just that already became it. They still and, haven't done anything. No, I don't. I don't think they will. But it's weird how that narrative switched. But yeah, it's now they tried it again with the new Nets. That big three didn't work. I don't know. It's this is an interesting callback. I would say. We, I, I thought we were done with big threes. Yeah. I thought it was big two and depth. That's why the Beal trade is like a oh wait yeah where where do we stand on this yeah kind of moment? Cause, well, because the first thing I said was, or earlier in this episode was that they need to build depth now. They have no depth. I mean, I, the fact that they still have Aiton. I know you don't like him and you don't think he's a winning player. He's but he's just like he's better he's better than a depth center, you yeah, know. Yeah, I agree with that. It, so it's he could be the second best player on a lot of teams. Yeah, they wouldn't be good teams. No. But he could do it. Yeah. The NBA's probably just too good now to have three guys on their own carry you to a championship. Like your bench is just going to get worked. Yeah. It's well, it, teams figured out how to how to beat the big threes, pretty much. Unless those big threes have a ton of depth, like the Warriors did. Yeah. It's or the, but it's the so Nuggets hard. might if they if just veterans looking for a ring start moving there. Depending on are you putting Michael Porter Jr. as the big third? No, I'm just saying like how the uh, you're right. I shouldn't have said I shouldn't have uh, said that because it wasn't. I didn't mean for it to be a big three. I was just saying like how the Nuggets they're going to need. Oh to, yeah, yeah, they'll need to keep building depth. Yeah. But it's it's. When you when you're paying three guys that big of money, it's really hard to acquire players not on the veteran minimum unless you already have them. Especially with the new CBA, which makes it way harder to have three players like that. It makes yeah. it way harder to have two players like that. Like it's yeah. going to be way harder for the Celtics to re-sign Jalen Brown than it would have been a few years ago. Yeah, I agree. It's um, I think. Look, I thought Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. I mean, even just the two of them were almost good enough. Not almost, really almost good enough, but they put up a real good fight against the Nuggets, and Devin Booker was doing ungodly things. But yeah, I mean, it took an, almost a 90-point game combined to steal one from the Nuggets, though. No, yeah, and I'm, I'm saying, like, and it was just, but it was just the two of them. Yeah. They had nothing else. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So, with Beal, it's, it does make them interesting. For sure. I mean, they were already interesting, but now it makes them real interesting. Assuming, yeah, okay, sure. Fascinating is a step up from interesting. Yeah, thank you. But it's, it'll be interesting to see if one they can all stay healthy, and two just how they spread the ball around. Yeah, only one ball. Yeah, but I mean, again, but shout out Lance Armstrong. Wow. Ah, it should be. I should have saved that for an award going forward. Yeah. (laughs) The Lance Armstrong Award for. Too many guys on the team. There's only one ball. You're right. Maybe in like season three, you can bring it back, and I won't remember. Honestly, you could probably bring it back in three episodes, and I wouldn't remember. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's all I got on your one big thing. You got anything else? No, I mean, like, I guess how would you rank rank some of those big threes? The non honorable mentions one. I would probably go the, the Warriors, the Heat. 
the Celtics as my top three. I'm not really going to bother with, like, the Lakers and the Nets failed big threes. No, yeah, I mean, I I, I think that's where I'd, I would go with that as well. To our point about having depth, even those LeBron, Bosh, Wade teams. Had depth. No. They struggled so bad because they had such little depth. That's why they were able to be beaten. They built, they ended up building depth. But at first, they didn't have any. Oh, in like 2011. Yeah, yeah. but but then but they like were able to get Battier and Ray Allen and yeah. all those, and Mike Miller. But even those guys were just old guys. You they know? were, but like they came in clutch. They like, did. Mike Miller had seven oh, threes yeah, in the on, finals with one shoe game. on. Yeah, yeah, no, for but for sure they were impactful. But it's you can't win without depth. That's pretty much that should just be the name of the episode. Can't win without depth. Yeah, it won't be the name the of the episode. The story. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, the Dirty Ernie story. Did you see my Snapchat about that? I did. <laughs> Dirty Ernie was our, what do you call him? Pontoon saloon captain. Oh, yeah, captain. I was going to say our boat pilot. <laughs> our B- BP. Our, yeah, our BP. Um, you, would you like to move on to awards? I would. Okay. Oh, wait. Actually, we have to move on to NBA draft talk. Oh, yeah, jeez. <laughs> yeah, NBA drafts on Thursday. Um, I... I I didn't do too much of a deep dive. I shouldn't have too, too much. What's more interesting is everything around the draft than what is the draft. Yeah. It's just so... Because the Hornets have two, right? They don't need a point guard. But the clear best, second best player based on every... Is Scoot, who's a point guard. And so do they take him and pair him with LaMelo? That's a little bit of a weird pick. But Brandon Miller is a way better fit but his ceiling is probably not as high. I like the Danny Granger comparisons. Like a little bit of a, like a smooth, bigger wing who can shoot a little, not a little bit, who can shoot. I even saw Jamari Smith, Jabari Smith Jr. comparison, but a, a little bit better off the dribble, which is interesting too. But it's just Scoot, they're saying, would be number one pick in any other draft. You can't not take Scoot, pretty much, but then do you just trade out of it? Or trade Lamella. Or trade Lamelo, and then if you trade Lamelo, where does he go? And then if you're, but then if the Knicks, just kidding. Imagine having Brunson and Lamelo; that would be disastrous. Oh, it'd be real bad. You would not get a single stop. No, but I would actually. I love Lamelo, and if he could stay healthy, I think he's awesome. But me too. But that would have been a move to make two years ago. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then so then, even weirder is what if they don't take Scoot at two and he falls to three. And that's Portland. Portland for sure doesn't need another point guard. No. So then, they, do they, they trade? Then the value there, they might wait till Thursday to make that trade. But then if, so it's just like there's so many moving parts, it's almost impossible to predict. It's I, I've heard Zion could be on the move to Portland. That seems to be the rumblings. I've heard there's going to be a lot of moving parts because, and it's also it's weird because. Orlando picks high. They they don't need anyone. They don't need any more players. They should have consolidated a long time ago. They don't have an like Paolo and, and Franz Wagner are pretty awesome. much yeah, and they're their only two pieces that I think are really cornerstones of their team. They have 400 point guards. I think they're still paying Jonathan Isaac for three more years, who he may never even play again. I think he just got he another, came back right, but I thought he got another serious injury. Oh man, I think he did. That sucks. Yeah, that so, guy's screwed. Yeah, so it's uh, and then they have they have Fultz, Suggs, Cole Anthony, 
I think I'm forgetting someone. They, they just they don't need more prospects. They have Mo. Oh no, they traded Mobamba. Yeah, the Lake Show. Yeah, they have, but they have Wendell Carter and they have uh, a Bowl Bowl. It's oh, they yeah, just have right. they just have too many players. Like they should have they should have made trades. Though honestly, my main takeaway from this draft is that it's going to be so many moving parts and that there's not a lot of good shooters and that could make a lot of the the shooters move up in the draft because it's weird how teams keep drafting guys who can't shoot and then hoping they'll learn how to shoot that doesn't really work unless you're a John Morant type player like Jaden Ivey I don't I don't think he's ever going to be I was wrong about him. I really wanted the Knicks to get him, but I don't. I didn't see anything last year that makes me think he'll be even close to that caliber of player, unless he learns how to shoot a lot. Like even Jalen Green still profiles as a better player because he's a way better shooter, and the Thompson twins can't shoot. They just can't shoot. Scoot's a good mid-range shooter. Scoot's got, from what I've uh, heard, and. Like unfathomable work ethic too. Like he yeah, will, he will I've heard that about himself in the gym until he's a good shooter. I've heard that about the Thompson twins too, but their form is just and they've and they've shown a willingness to change their form. But it's so it's real hard to learn how to shoot like that. And but I've heard but Scoot has a good mid range game, which I think bodes well to furthering their range. I, Russell Westbrook never did it, and it's why he didn't age well. But like, even John Morant's become a better three-point shooter, you know? He's at least passable. I mean, even Giannis for a time there was passable. It just opens up your game so much. But there's a lot of non-shooters in this draft, and I think it could lead to a lot of shakeups where guys like like Grady Dick go a little bit higher because he can shoot. And because he's, like, a little bit more than that. I think he actually might he be good. Drive, yeah. Yeah, Grady I think Dick he... was, like, one of the highest – rated prospects ever out of high school and that's I don't think I knew that actually that's like a guy that NBA teams kind of love yeah I I could see him actually being pretty good aside from him getting mercilessly bullied in the NBA yeah hopefully not by his own team probably though but like not bullied but like they're gonna like, what if, if I don't mean bullied dick you're not gonna make fun of him I like, did have, I did there was a kid in, in my fraternity whose last name was dick that kid probably got no I think they left it alone I think we left it alone I mean there was there was some there were some jokes but yeah when you grow up with your name last name is dick forever it's hard to Wiener's I mean, I, probably worse Wiener might be worse I had a guidance counselor way back in the day like we're talking elementary school and her last name was wiener and like the first time she ever int- introduced herself to the whole our whole grade just everyone laughed well kids are merciless yeah. i was mostly making a joke and it turned into less of a joke but <laughs> um do you have a sleeper pick i have a sleeper pick do you want to go first sure it's jordan hawkins i hope he's not yours no he's not okay he wasn't he's not so much a sleeper because he's probably going to be a first round pick and potential lottery pick but he is such, again, he is a phenomenal three-point shooter. Like, lightning quick release, really good footwork coming around screens, really good at shooting off the dribble and in transition. Guys like that translate immediately. It's, he's going to step in 
I think day one and be able to play. If he could develop a little more and he could even he threw down some dunks in college, I think he could get a little bouncier, a little quicker, a little better off the dribble. But his shooting ability, man, guys like that are good right away. You saw it, I mean, AJ Griffin got minutes right away. Jaden Hardy got minutes right not right away, but pretty early and did really well for the Mavs. Guys who can shoot translate. And so that's why he's my sleeper pick. I really like him. I'll probably be I will definitely be buying whatever team he's on in pick your team drafts. Sorry, in pick your team breaks. Uh my sleeper is that Koulibaly guy. Bilal, I think his first name is Bilal. Guy who plays with Wemby. Yeah, he plays that in France. He's six seven, uh a decent three point shooter, just a shade under thirty four percent. He has crazy long arms. I'm pretty sure his wingspan is seven three. Uh, he's an elite defender, off ball and on ball. He's good at getting to the rim. I think if he can, it can improve his three point shooting, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's a little harder to improve as a three point shooter with longer arms, and I'm only getting that from 2K. Oh, okay. I thought you were getting that because he sounds a lot like Frank Nilakina. No. But he does, though. I know, like, I know <laughs> he does. Everything I just said. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I. I don't know. I don't know about that one. 2K definitely makes that a thing, but I, I... He's a wing, so he's a little... He's not exactly Neil Kina. No, I know, but Frank could have French guy with long arms, elite defensive upside, yeah. I know. Yeah, and needs to, need, the rim. needs to improve his shooting. Yeah. It's, um... But... I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's a thing. I, my arms aren't particularly long, but a lot of the good shooters do have short arms, so... Like JJ's JJ Redick had a negative wingspan. Desmond Bain absolutely has a negative wingspan. What is a negative wingspan? It's shorter, shorter than, your, than height. your height. Yeah. So, and those guys are real good shooters. So, yeah. I don't know. I get. I never really thought about it being a, a factor. I know, like big hands, like Shaq, like his hands were just too big for him to shoot. But free throws, yeah. I mean anything, anything. I suppose. Yeah. But um, but yeah. I don't Did know. you see the picture I, of Wemby holding a baseball today? No, is at it, Yankee Stadium. It's like. It's just like a was like a foosball, pretty much. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, my only thoughts on him is he's the best prospect that I have ever seen and like paid attention to as a prospect. I was too young for LeBron. I think he's the best prospect since LeBron. That's what they're saying. Zion was pretty hyped, but he's better as a prospect than Zion was. He does more things. Zion dunked. And rebounded and was a physical freak and blocked shots and you know that and was incredibly powerful. I mean, Zion still at his best when healthy is a top five player in the NBA. He's Could, unstoppable. Yeah, at yeah, not he hasn't consistently been that, but at his best he's unguardable. He's and, pretty consistently been unguardable when he's healthy. Yeah, but he hasn't consistently been a top five player when he's healthy. That's true. That that was my point. But he's he's definitely unguardable when healthy. But Wembenyama's he's seven four and he moves like a guard. Yeah, it's just injuries is really the only thing you injuries is is what will take him down if anything does. Yeah, because even if like he dribbles well, he doesn't truly have a guard handle, but he does he does handle the ball well. It's but he's still so good in the post and on fadeaway jumpers and as a spot up shooter he'll be good and he's so tall you. You're not gonna be able. He's what he. I haven't even looked. He probably has like a seven eight wingspan. I I should have looked that up, but it's 
he's unguardable. He's truly unguardable. He he's he's and he has good form. So he wasn't an amazingly efficient shooter. Uh, he played in France or he played France. Oh, I thought yeah, okay, in France. Wingspan eight feet. He has an eight foot wingspan. That's what Google says. Yeah, is that even possible? Is that it? What's the longest wingspan we got? Uh, quick maths. New bull, eight feet six inches. Is that real life? Yeah, eight feet. That's that's unreal, dude. That's 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 actually insane. You, sh- you should be able to fly if you have that long wingspan. Like no one else has. Uh, Mo Bamba second at seven feet ten inches. Not anymore. Not anymore. Manu pulls eight feet. Dude, that's eight inches longer. That's, Six inches longer. No, oh then no, I'm talking in second place. Oh, yeah, current second place. Yes, Wemby's not in the NBA yet. True. So, eight inches longer than second place. That's unbelievable. Um. But yeah, dude, he's unguardable. Is it's he's gonna be a problem, and people who are arguing that he's not gonna be good. Are just being contrarian. Yeah, that's exactly the word I was going to use. That, that is, that's the only. I, I don't know how you can watch him and be like, "Yeah, this kid's not good." You're just you're either you're lying to yourself or you just want to be different. That's that's all it is. Hundred percent. There's no way you can look at him and be like, "This kid's bad." So anyone listening who thinks he's bad is wrong. And I and, and if I'm wrong, put me on ESPN again. I'll do a second <laughs> appearance. That's fine. Uh, would you like now to officially move on to awards? All right, you go. Okay. You go first. My first award is the Jason Voorhees Award. Is Was he the... Friday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. I don't know horror movies, but okay. Can I know what sport? Um, I gotta know what sport, and then I can guess reasoning. It's a soccer figure. Is it Greg Berhalter? It is, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I don't know the reasoning, but I just is it is it because he's coming? Does he come back from the dead it's or just something? Like you or keep thinking he's gone. Okay, and then he shows up in the summer. All right, I'll take a half a point. Mark it down. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Mark All it right. down in your ledger. Ty, where are you? Please keep note of that. I actually I didn't see him behind too, and I got really worried. I have no idea where he went. Um. Okay. I mean, we we've kind of. It's covered most of what there is to say about that one already, but yeah, sorry for stealing that one. No, we, that's I mean, he, he needed to be ranted on pretty early on in this show, so yeah, he got me all fired up. Well, all right, my first award is going to be the Prokhorov Award. Ivan Prokhorov, Mikhail Prokhorov. Mikhail Prokhorov. Yeah, I knew that. I didn't know that. Who's Ivan Prokhorov? I don't know. I think I was just thinking of Mikhail Prokhorov. Yeah, oh. he, he was a Soviet hockey player. Okay, I don't, not Mikhail Prokhorov. Maybe that. Maybe I'm thinking of Ivan Prokhorov. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not who I'm talking about. I think there's a Prokhorov on the '80s, '70s, and '80s Soviet hockey team. You're right. There was. That's that's Ivan Prokhorov. I don't no, know if... Ivan Prokhorov's currently in the NHL. No, that's Ivan Provorov. Right? Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Maybe it was the coach of the Soviet team. I I don't know. I'm not seeing it. But he, right, anyway, I okay. don't think I know who Mikhail Prokhorov is. Oh, he's an old Nets owner, right? Yes, old Nets yeah, owner. Yeah, okay. Is this one going to Matt Ishbia? It is going to Matt Ishbia. Let's go. Do you want to guess the reasoning? Because so I'll give you your full point. It's a new owner that's just making as many moves as he can because he just started a new save in 2K. 
Pleasure doing business with you. You got it, and you got the reasoning. Just look at that. Champion of CONCACAF and award guesser. Yeah, wow. What a day for, <laughs> for America. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's all I got to say. Matt Ishbia came in and just took over the Suns and tore it all down and just started making reactionary trades, trying to build the best name on paper that he could. And so... You did it, and you nailed it. I got nothing more for that. Well, this is funny because my second award is the Chipotle Mobile Order Kitchen Guy Award. You say this is funny. Is it also going to Matt It's not going to Matt (laughs) Okay. Uh, Chipotle Mobile... Repeat it to me one more time. The Chipotle Mobile Order Kitchen Guy. So, you know that little side... Yeah, I do, I do, I do. It's the... the it's that little tiny stove that they put the guy who makes the mobile orders at who makes all the terrible orders. Yep. Yeah, okay, so how do I make this translate to an award? It's it's in the basketball realm. It's going to a player. No. It's going to a coach. No. It's go Okay, I don't know, just tell me it. Okay, so when you order from Chipotle on the app or delivery your order will be made in that little side kitchen thing and occasionally you'll get a good bowl or a burrito or whatever you get but for the most part you can expect to be pretty consistently disappointed by the guy that was brought in on the side to help with operations Mm -hmm. and the reason I said this is funny is because the right-hand man to new Suns owner Matt Ishbia is former Knicks president Isaiah Thomas. Is it really? Yeah. I actually didn't know that. I would have never guessed that. Wow. Okay. Um, So Isaiah Thomas is, like the Chipotle mobile order guy, really not who you want handling your business Mm -hmm. because you're usually going to be disappointed. Sometimes... Sometimes it'll work, and you'll get lucky. Sorry, mm-hmm. I got a phone call. That's okay. Uh, when IT was the Knicks GM, the whole league was starting to go small ball, and he traded a boatload of picks for Eddie Curry and signed Randolph Morris right outside of uh, college basketball. I don't know how familiar everyone is with the Randolph Morris story, but it's pretty interesting. He actually declared for the 2005 draft right out of high school, but he didn't hire an agent. He went undrafted and was eligible to return to Kentucky, so he did, but he was still technically a free agent who could sign at any time. So when Kentucky was eliminated from the tournament the next year, five days later, he signed for the Knicks and became the first player to play in the NCAA and the NBA in the same week. But similar to the Chipotle mobile order guy, when you're relying on Isaiah Thomas as your guy off to the side helping with things, more often than not, you're probably going to be disappointed, and I think the Beal trade could be a moment that is hard to recover from for a, a title window perspective in the next few years. Who was the player that you said? Randolph Morris. Oh, I know the name. I didn't know that fact, though. It's fun, right? That is a fun fact. I'm going to give the Aim for the Bushes award. There go my heroes. Yes, but that's not that the there goes my arrows is not the reason behind it. That's all I got. It's a decision that was made that is just straight up impossible for anybody watching it to justify because there weren't even bushes. That's really good and 
I probably should have saved this one for a more applicable time, but I just didn't have a name for it. And But no, it's going to the motives behind those characters who only did everything. All their decisions were made by money and glory, and then just like all about maximizing their fame, pretty much. And this is going to... It's going to someone who made a decision solely based on money. Uh, is this going to Phil? Of the future? Nicholson? No, it is not. It's more current. More current. Yes. Is this going to Benzema? No, it is going to Monty Williams, who signed to coach for the Pistons. For six years and $78.5 million. Holy, oh my god. Yes. He what? is by far the highest paid coach in the NBA. Holy hell. And, he, and I think he said he yeah, he's making $13 million annually, which is more than Pop at 11 And he admitted in his press conference that his record-setting contract was a big reason for him agreeing to coach them. At least he's open about it. Yeah, it's just you rarely hear someone like that. Someone admit to something like that. A big reason. Not just a reason. Not just, oh, it was a factor in my decision. It was a big reason in him choosing to coach the Pistons. So his entire motive behind making that decision was money. Otherwise, he never would have coached the Pistons. If they gave him $9 million a year or $8 million, he wouldn't assign there. 13's crazy. 13 That's what is Kuzma crazy. Was making. Yeah. He's making NBA like mid to upper tier role player, role player money. money. Yeah. So it's That's why I, I I I honestly the name wasn't great. I just wanted to use it. I just wanted to use Aim for the Bushes cuz that's my favorite movie of all time. But it kind of tied in. It was a little bit loose. You couldn't have guessed it. I apologize for making it so you couldn't have possibly ever guessed that. I've done that to you. Yes, you have. So I guess now we're even. I was trying to think of a a character who makes decisions based on money. I couldn't think of, like, like, like who's won? Like, I, I don't even know. Uh, I could have gone Succession, Gordon but Gecko. you haven't seen it. Oh, I could have gone Gordon Gecko. I typed in on Google characters who make decisions based on money, and I didn't find anyone good. I guess Ed? From Ed, Ed, and Eddie. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I couldn't. I wouldn't have thought of that. I, mean, I never. <laughs> I Mr. never. Mr. Krabs, Eugene. No, I was gonna go Mr. Krabs, but Mr. Krabs is cheap, so he's it's it's different. I didn't want it to go to a person who was cheap or like okay. penny pinching. I, I so I but Mr. Krabs was my first thought. Um, but yeah, not my best award. But Monty Williams, I also just wanted to shine a light on that contract because I knew you'd find that absurd. I had no idea. Yeah. But, uh, I like that award though. Yeah, it was. Again, we just got back from the bachelor party, so I I just could not come up with. My brain's barely functioning right now. As my brain is worse off than my throat, so we're doing <clears throat> trivia. Have, yeah, I all have right. Some, some okay trivia. I think it's pretty enjoyable. Okay, it's let's... two parts. I decided to go with two parts. Okay, let's see if I can even get my brain functioning. The first, it's gonna be. One to three, I want you to order from most to least Clint Dempsey clubs by goals. One through three. Yeah. Okay. Four. One through four. Sounders. 
Uh, by goals, Sounders is actually not one. Fulham is one? With 50 league goals. Well, I knew he had that one year where he had like 19 or like 18 or something, but I'm surprised he didn't top that with Sounders. It's close. Okay, so Sounders is two? With 47. What else did he play for? Um, FC Dallas? No, he was from Texas. Who else? <clears throat> Do you play for Everton? No. Uh, can I, is it in? MLS. It is MLS. What team did he play for before he went to England? Is it that? Is that the timeline? Yes. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Was it a, is it a red team? Do they wear red? Not primarily, but yes, it's prominent in the color scheme. All right, I don't know what. Tell me. The New England Revolution. Yeah, that's who. Damn it. And then there's one more. Not. Not MLS. Not MLS. What league? The Premier League. Is it far and away the least amount of games and goals? Okay. Is it a team that's like still in the Premier League? Yes, prominently in the Premier League, never wins anything. Oh, Tottenham? Yeah. Okay. The second you said prominent, I remembered that he played for Tottenham. Ah, you should have went with the second. I said they don't win anything because that would have cut all well, of said... our Spurs fans to the core. <laughs> well, you said prominent first, so that's True. when I got it. But oh, that was disappointing. I forgot he played for the Revs. You want another one? Revol- yeah, yeah. Well, let's go part two. That was real bad showing by me, but I don't know if I can even do better. Tim Howard, same same ranks system by league appearances. Everton. Without fail, like, orders of magnitude, number one, ahead of everything else, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know United's on there, Probably third or fourth. United is, I believe, fourth. Okay. Was it uh, Colorado? Yeah. That's so two. Everton's at three twenty nine mm-hmm. with one goal. Mm-hmm. Colorado is at one hundred. Okay. And then there's a third place that I'm missing. Third, fourth. I thought you said United was fourth. Yeah. So you're missing four. You're missing third. Part of his lisp. <laughs> I want Kanye for a second. Uh, missing third. Can I know the league? Is it MLS? No, it's not, but it's... Um, Is it too much of a giveaway? Well, actually, now it's MLS. <laughs> it wasn't back in the day. Uh, okay. It's now an MLS team that wears red. But from 98 to 2003 when he was there, it was not. Is it, is it like Chivas? No. Are they even still in the MLS? I don't think they no, are. They're not. Mm, I don't know it. Eighty-eight appearances for the Metro Stars, who are now the New York Red Bulls. I feel a little betrayed. Why? <laughs> because because now they wear red, but they didn't used to wear red. I said now they're an MLS team. And now they're an MLS team. I was thinking, yeah, 
the I Metro. Think you got Nashville brain. I know, that. I know, I have Nashville brain, but I don't think I would have gotten Metro Stars. But I think, I think I could have gotten it based on your hints if I had comprehended them properly. It's a bad showing out of me this whole episode. I'm very sorry, guys. <laughs> I think it's been pretty good. Yeah, it's just not my best. It's not my best. You've been phenomenal. Oh, thank you. Very proud of you. <laughs> but for me, man, can't have sound good. Probably don't look good. Didn't have a good award. I do have a dog on my shirt. I like dogs. I'm sure a lot of you guys do too. I hope. I hope he has one on our on our cover. Cover? Our logo. God, I gotta go home. Alright. <laughs> Are we done? Is that, is that I mean, essentially, do you have do we have anything to close out? Like things coming up? I'm going to Puerto Rico tomorrow. That'll be fun. Yeah, that will be fun for you. I've got work tomorrow, which is I love work if my boss is listening. Does so he that'll listen? be fun. Does he know this exists? No. I don't want him to listen. Why not? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I hope what if I say something? What if I say something stupid? Yeah, that's fair. Your boss can. I, I, yeah, your boss definitely doesn't listen either, though. His boss being my brother. Um, yeah, I don't think that. I don't think I got anything else. I, oh, the, the Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup. And when I was doing my show prep, I wasn't sure if that happened before our last episode or not but it did not it happened six days ago i know for a i know for a fact that something happened that i wanted to talk about and i forgot it completely and now it's wiped from my memory like uh what's the men in black oh craig carton is leaving wfan his last show is going to be next maybe this friday june 30th i'm really sad about that yeah he's being replaced by tiki barber which is cool tiki's really good yeah very talented um future guest hope so um <laughs> yanks are dumpster fire yeah mets actually for, had a rebound showing yesterday which i'm sad about literally everything i complained about the yankees has only gotten worse since then yeah so it's gonna get ugly before it gets better if without judge we're just not good no they're gonna miss the playoffs it depends it depends how how long judge is out do you want them to send volpe down no do you think they need to? No, because who who they're replacing him with? IKF? Praza? Yeah, in AAA, though. It, it, it's Give him a shot. No, send down, get rid of Donaldson before you get rid of Volpe. I would love for them to. Yeah, so, so but Volpe's actually not even been our worst hitter lately. Not our worst, but I just don't know. Like, at a certain point, when are we not helping him anymore by letting him just try to figure it out in front of everybody criticizing him? I honestly don't even think... I think the critics... Everyone else has been so bad that I think people have been lightening up on him because of how awful everyone else has been. Even in the field, dude. It's been a, a embarrassing. We just got swept by the Red Sox. Yeah. So just real bad. I I don't see a way out without Judge. Bader's back tonight, which that's helps. Big. Yeah, that's huge. Because we've had minor league infielders as our starting outfielders lately i mean just the ground he covers alone will help our pitchers it's but yeah it's bad have judge out hurts us on so many levels but that's all i got on that i don't i don't have it in me to get all upset about the yankees right now <laughs> um so i believe that wraps up episode nine right yeah that's about syndicated it. episode 10 yeah we'll probably just be we'll, i know there's one zero somewhere in there 
Yeah, yeah. We'll probably that's probably when our our million dollar contract kicks in too. Sweet. So uh, yeah, good episode. See you guys next week. Thank you for listening.